Hey, 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 everybody! Welcome to episode 20 of the Archapreneur Now podcast. I am your host, Heath Armstrong, and I am pumped up that we made it this far, episode 20, and I cannot wait to keep beasting these out, and none other to celebrate this short milestone with than Josh Earl, a huge inspiration of mine. Started out as a journalist, taught himself how to program, He's amazing with email marketing, growing website traffic, growing your email list. He's written a couple books that have revenued $30,000, dollars $50,000. Oh, yeah. And then shortly after this interview, Josh did a giveaway online, and it went viral. He ended up collecting like 167,000 email addresses. Oh, my God. Yeah, and it, it's insane story, and... He did an interview with Paul Kemp on the App Guy podcast, and that interview should be coming out shortly. So check that podcast out, wait for it to release, and if you want me to link you, send me a tweet at HB underscore Armstrong. Here we go. Come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Here we go now. Who wants to get funky? Who wants to get a little creative out there? Which one of you want to get a little bit artsy now? Well then get on with your bad self. A skit of a riggedy diggity dink, a skit of a riggedy doo We've got a guest all the way from Western Pennsylvania for you. He's a programmer, an entrepreneur, and he's got the juice to boost self-publishing to the stars. Everybody get funky and get ready to take some notes from Josh Earl. Josh, you are the entrepreneur now. What's going on, man? Hey, not much. Thanks for that introduction. <laughs> You're welcome, man. Anytime. If you ever need that in the morning, in the afternoon, <laughs> I, just give me a call and I'll do one for you and you can put it on speakerphone in front of your wife or something, you know? I think it's my new alarm tone for the morning. <laughs> that'd probably be pretty, that's probably a pretty good app idea, you know? You record, <laughs> record inspirational introductions to the day and just have them play with your alarm clock. Uh, I think I could probably make that happen. Nice. Uh, Josh, thanks so much for being on and and I have a lot of respect for you. He, you're a writer and entrepreneur, uh, which technically makes you an entrepreneur and <laughs> software developer. You're into different types of software. I know you work on apps, uh, websites out of Western PA. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, pretty well. Um, yeah, this has been a, this has been a crazy summer. I, I recently, uh, just started my own podcast with a couple buddies and, uh, Actually, this is you know if you're if you're, if you, if any of the listeners are interested in doing a podcast or a blog and they're just wondering is this for me? Um, from like the the things that have come out of doing this podcast have been amazing. Um, I w- the first episode went out and I got contacted by a website that quickly hired me to be their business and marketing editor. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, they're a top they're a top one thousand website uh, sitepoint.com yeah, site for, for programming. Yeah, for programmers. And they've had kind of a business and marketing channel that's struggled. Uh, and they heard me on the podcast and said, you know, come on over. We want to we hire you to do the editing of that, on that. So, you know, you, 
doing podcasts like this is is it opens up all kinds of doors. It is such a powerful tool, and I honestly, you know, ninety nine point nine percent of the population probably doesn't know what a podcast is. Uh, but they are going into vehicles at the end of this year. And if you just get out there and do it, you can find a topic that you can talk about, even if you feel a little uncomfortable. And the amount of doors it opens up is insane, man. And and you know that. So that's very cool that you brought that yep. up. So yep. SitePoint, don't they, isn't that the same company that has Learnable? Am I that wrong is. about that? Yep. Yeah. No, you're right. They also started Flippa.com, which is uh for buying and selling websites, it's kind of like an auction style thing. Wow. Uh, and also 99designs, which a lot of people might oh, be yeah. familiar with. Yeah. yeah. So the advertising yeah, they, is, is very uh, abrupt with that, with that one, 99designs. Yep. You know, John Lee Dumas and Steve from Mobile App Chat, uh, they advertise that all the time, I think. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a very unexpected opportunity. But <laughs> cool. Well, that's awesome. That gives people inspiration, maybe a little kick in the ass to get out there and, and make a podcast because it's really not that difficult and it's so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. So before we get into anything too particular, we like to start this creative podcast out with a little segment we call the Breezy Threes because we want the audience who are all very creative to get to know your creative side a little bit. Uh, some things that you like and some of your influencers. So what do you think your three favorite creative works are? <laughs> you know, so I've been I've been a programmer for a long time. I've been very focused on technical stuff. Lately, mm-hmm. I've gotten a lot into, into marketing. So I haven't really thought much about the creative side of things, honestly, for a while. Um, I, <clears throat> I started off my career in, I, I wanted to be a journalist, um, mm-hmm. so I was, you know, I was really into kind of creative nonfiction writing and that sort of thing. Um, so these questions that you sent me ahead of time kind of brought a lot of that back. Um, and two of my favorite, two of my favorite all time favorite books are, um, by, uh, <clears throat> one of them is called Paper Lions by George Plimpton yeah. and The Right Stuff by Tom Wolfe. They are, they're awesome. Like they're, um, really in depth, really well reported books where, you know, they got in and actually got into the pe- these people's minds, um, and and just experienced. You know, brought out their experiences and their emotions and everything in in a nonfiction format. And I really, really, really enjoyed those. And then my third one I'm going to mention is my favorite TV show, which is Parks and Recreation. Just <laughs> love that show. <laughs> watched all watched all the all the episodes probably two, three, four times. So yeah, I love any of those shows with the improv involved. They're so great. Yeah. So do you have any uh, role models or influencers? Um, yeah, as far as writing, like the two guys I mentioned, uh, Tom Wolfe and George Plimpton, were pretty you know, pretty big influencers for me early on in my career um, when I was doing more journalistic type of writing. And uh, lately I'd have to say uh, like two two people that have had a really big influence on me are, my, are two of my friends. Um, well, one of my friends, uh, John Sonmez, and uh, my wife, <laughs> Lisa, um, you know, she's just been, she's been really supportive of me and, and actually helped me, uh, kind of figure out, I was having a really tough time. I got, I actually got laid off about five years ago. Um, and I just didn't really know what I wanted to do with myself. And she has, she was a technical writer. And so she kind of encouraged me that I could, I could, I, I didn't think I could do this technical thing. Like I was not a programmer. Um, I was I was actually a political science major in college, so I didn't have a, that background. But yeah. uh, she, you know, she kind of encouraged me that I actually could do. I wasn't giving myself enough credit, and I could actually do, you know, do some of this stuff. 
Wow, that's awesome. So when do you when did you actually start doing programming? When did you have the idea that that's something that you wanted to move into and that's something that really excited you? Yeah, so um when I so in in college I was the editor of the student newspaper and um I wanted to be I wanted to be a journalist really. I interned at a newspaper. Um I really enjoyed that. And so out of college I got into um doing the alumni magazine for my alma mater and just loved that. That was great. It was 25,000, you know, we'd print about 25,000 copies of this thing and I'd get to write most of it and and really kind of oversee the the creative direction of it. And um, that was that was a, a dream come true for me, really. Yeah, well, you have a huge <laughs> and, audience you're reaching, so that's yeah, pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah and people, people really liked what the direction it was going and everything. And then that job kind of went south after a while, um, had a change of management and got, got kind of rocky. So I moved on and got another job um, at another college doing the same thing, basically, and kind of did the same thing there where, where I, you know, increased the, the engagement with people with the magazine. They really liked where we were going. And then, you know, that, that job also kind of, kind of went bad on me. And I ended up taking a temporary job, um, for about three months doing just basically helping to write so- uh, training for software for a software company. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then that contract ended and I had nothing. This was, this was basically right as kind of like, I think it was, uh, 2008, uh, right as things were starting to go bad, and uh, yes. there really there were no jobs. I, I was looking for other jobs in like the PR, advertising, printed publications market, but Pittsburgh's not really a hotbed for that. Uh, and I didn't want to move, so um, I started kind of wondering, like, what the heck am I going to do? And it, it was things were stretching out, stretching out. It was I was unemployed for about six months, um, and you know, finally I decided, you know what, this is ridiculous. I need to start to I, te- clearly, there's plenty of jobs in the technical fields around here. Uh, I need to get serious and start to actually apply myself and uh, try to learn some of this stuff. So it was really that that point kind of that's when I started started heading in a technical direction. And then I got a uh, another temporary position after that. And that's that's <clears throat> I met a guy there who kind of encouraged me to start learning how to program. And that's that's when I just started digging in. I learned some PHP, taught myself HTML, CSS, PHP, and then just sort of bootstrapped my way up from there. So it took me about two years of temping before I got a full time position. Yeah, it's what tough what, to break in? What were some of the resources that you used early on to learn from? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Mostly, I, I I had a long bus ride to get to work, so I, I read a lot of books. Basically, um, I would. I read. I started off with HTML and CSS, and read a couple books on that, and then dove into PHP, and then started writing a just basically like writing a website for a client. Um, I, I do also do real estate photography, kind of as a side thing. Oh wow! And this guy needed a, a website, so I was like, okay, I'll try to do that. <laughs> so I'd never, you know, I'd never written any code before, um, but I just, you know, started hacking together a little PHP site. Very and, cool. Uh, yeah. So for m- my learning was really just a lot of back and forth between reading as much as I could, you know, till I wasn't understanding what I was reading anymore and then trying to apply it mm-hmm. coming back. Yeah. One thing that I find really helps is just diving right in and yeah. breaking things and then trying to rebuild them so you can really learn how they work. So yep. I like to take, you know, source codes and just play around with them when I'm completely confused and I have no idea what they mean. 
And if you do that enough, I think you can really come out on top and understand different segments and what they're actually doing to the the process in general. Yeah, exactly. So you're a great example, you know, of young success. And I'm personally a firm believer that if you truly want to be happy, you have to start by being really appreciative of who you are and what you have already. And then you can start following your passion and and hold on to that. And it's not about what do I want. It's more about the natural ability to follow what actually excites you. I mean, if you if you want a pogo stick across the United States in your boxers and that excites you, then go for it, you know? Uh, or if you want to write a book and it excites you, go for it. Or you know, maybe you want to write a book about pogo sticking across the United States in your <laughs> boxers. I don't know. But if you strive to chase excitement, I think it can really change your life. Do you think that has been something that you... Uh, have done you found this software uh, field and this tech field that there is a lot of opportunity in was it something that actually drew you in from excitement you know I I had considered so when I was going to go to college I was considering I was waffling between poli sci and computer science Mm -hmm. and I liked I liked poli sci at the school that I chose uh, a little bit more than the computer science avenue so that's the way I went um for me, I would say it was more. It was more like a question of. It was a little bit more of a question of survival, honestly. Um, the re- reason that I went in the technical direction, mm-hmm. um, I just you know I, I I had a I had a wife and I I wanted to provide for us, <laughs> and uh, we wanted to start a family. So I was looking for somewhere that I could dig in. Um, but you know at, I find that when I really immerse myself in stuff, that like a lot of times that passion starts to emerge for me. I'm. Yeah. I'm kind of, I mean, I think that I've always been an entrepreneur at heart because I have, as I've gotten to know more entrepreneurs, I've realized that I'm not weird because I I have always been somebody who gets really into things and just completely immerses themselves or I am just completely immerse myself in just odd topics, you know, hobbies. Uh, Like one of the things that I did while I was unemployed was uh, I learned how to forge and uh, and craft uh, handmade straight razors. Okay, really? <laughs> like, yeah. And I was selling them for I was selling them for about three hundred bucks a pop. Wow. So you know, like I I could take I could take anything. I'd get really interested in something, and then I I would I I've always been looking for ways to turn that into a business. Mm-hmm. So like I guess for me, kind of following my passion is I just I get bored with things pretty quickly. Um, and being an entrepreneur does allow you to pick up projects, take them to a certain degree, you know, and, and experience some success with them and then, then repeat that process. Yeah. You're essentially reinventing excitement every time you do it. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, like what really, what I really enjoyed about, what I've really enjoyed about programming is the, the never ending learning cycle. I mean, there's literally an infinite amount of stuff that you could learn about it. And it's going to continue to advance and continue to get more and more interesting as time goes on. So, yep. uh, Are you a fan of Timothy Ferris, by the way? Because it sounds, you know, you sound a lot like him with your principles (laughs) of of getting bored and moving on to something else, becoming the best of it. I am. Yeah. He's, he's definitely a controversial figure. And in our mastermind group, we've had discussions about him because, um, you know, it's like a lot of people think he's just kind of a jerk, but I admire his, I admire his, uh, his approach to learning things and I admire his approach to um, trying to, you know, find like the 80, 20 thing. I'm, I'm yeah. really big into that right now. And uh, I really admire his, 
his approach to looking for that kind of minimum effective dose. Yeah, he's fantastic, and I'm a huge fan as well. So, well, I'm going to jump right into something astonishing that you've accomplished here, uh, kind of up front, because I think it's a huge value. Uh, and I know that being successful as self-publishing isn't a fly-by-night type of thing, but I want everyone to know that it is truly possible if you put in the effort. Uh, and you're kind of a perfect example. You managed to put in the time and the effort and the research and the blood, sweat, and tears, and you self-published an ebook, Sublime Productivity, which netted over $16,000 in royalties. Am I right? Actually, well, that that's an old article. Um, I'm I'm probably closer to I'm closing in on thirty thousand. Wow, between, that's amazing. Yeah. So I've, how many I've, copies I've have you sold? Up. Um, so it's it's around. So the first I I wrote a follow up and launched that in March. Um, mm-hmm. and that's that was another nice little bump. Uh, so bumping the income from that. Um, but it's probably between the two books now. Um, probably closing in on a thousand or two thousand copies. Nice, man. If I had like a big crowd cheer, I'd put it in the podcast <laughs> right here. I might have to edit that in, but you, you had, you know, you post this chart on your website of when you initially launched and it shows your months and you had some up and down months, nonetheless, trying different options out, which is very cool. Uh, but you built your website traffic, you marketed your product and you learned so much along the way. So congratulations. And, and how does it, how does it feel to get a taste of satisfaction after so much of that work? Honestly, I I've, every day I feel like a failure. <laughs> really? Yeah, this is something we talked about. We talk about on our podcast. Um, uh, I, I'm on a po- another podcast called the Entre Programmers Podcast, and uh, this is something I know that I've, I've heard from a lot of people who have experienced some success. Is that you know you never really feel like you're there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, you know. So <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I I, I constantly worry. Um, you know, it, it's 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 every once in a while I do take a look at what where I've come what come from, and it's pretty amazing. Yeah, and I'm really grateful for it. But you know, like it's so easy to get sucked into the day to day details of like, okay, well, you know, how many how many email subscribers did I get today? And oh gosh, my traffic is down this week from last week, and my sale or my sales are down. You know, and that that is part of the of being an entrepreneur. Those ups and downs come. Uh, right now, I'm kind of I'm in the summer months, and this is my second time through the summer with this book, and I'm realizing that the summer is just a really bad time for sales. <laughs> um, people are on vacation, people are Outside. saving for vacations. Yeah, exactly. So I get you know like I can get the same amount of traffic that I get in in, in like January, February, in in June, July. It it's like half the sales, you know, and that can be really discouraging. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I guess you, d- you just don't really feel like you've arrived. You know, I've got, I've got goals. I, I have, I know where I want to go. Um, and, yeah. Uh, so that's the same, you know, you kind of had this visualization board in your head and as you accomplish things, you don't really notice as you're accomplishing them because you're focusing on what's coming next. Exactly. And I'm the same way, yep. but it is nice to be able to go back and look at, you know, the first day you started and look at all the progress you've made. And, you know, I write little journal entries every once in a while so I can go back and read them and be like, wow, you know, I really have made all this progress and it is a great feeling at the end. So, yeah. Yeah. I had no idea when I started this, I started this whole process about actually about this time, two years ago, I started working on my first book and I had no idea. I just had this idea in my head that I was going to write a book and that I was going to 
put it out there and then people were going to love it and buy it and I was going to make you know thousands of dollars. <laughs> um, and I had no marketing plan other than like, so I don't know if you're familiar with Hacker News. It's, um, it's a popular, for programmers, it's a popular popular website. If you can get, they kind of list, they, they, it's kind of a, a news aggregation site. And if you can get listed on there, it's, you get tons of traffic. So mm-hmm. basically my whole plan was to get listed on Hacker News for my launch and that, you know, that was my marketing plan. <laughs> so... So did come, you get listed? No, I, I no, I didn't. Honestly, like it did nothing. I I did get my link posted on Hacker News, but it did nothing. Like it went nowhere. I got I got no upvotes on it. So if I'd relied on that, it would have been a complete bust. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got a little taste of of success, nonetheless. Uh, obviously, quality content. So can you explain what Sublime Productivity is about to the listeners? Sure. Yeah, so um, Sublime Text is a popular t- uh, text editor for programmers. So it's basically it's kind of like I explained it like it's like Microsoft Word for programmers. It's you know it's got a bunch of tools in there to make it a lot faster and easier to write code and and uh, you know edit your code afterwards. So I, I had started using it um, and I really liked it. it was, and there was I'd noticed on Hacker News that there was a lot of interest in it. So, you know, every t- every time a new post would come up um, explaining some of the features or, you know, giving some quick tips and stuff, it would do really well, get, get a lot of traffic. So I wrote a couple of blog posts about Sublime Text, and then, you know, they actually ended up doing really well on Hacker News. So I was like, hmm, you know, I, I just got 50,000 page views on this blog post. Wow. <laughs> Which was, for me, I mean, like I used to think, you know, back then, like 200 page views total on a blog post was awesome. Yeah. So, you know, like this was like blowing my mind. Um, so yeah, so uh, basically, I just sat down. So I, I was like, you know, there's no resource out there that kind of goes through Sublime Text and really teaches what you can do with it and all all the features that it has and everything. So um, yeah, I decided I was going to write that, and uh, I just sat down one day and just you know fired up a text editor and started started pounding it out and mm-hmm. pretty much um, you know just. Uh, went through, went through, basically researched all the features, figured out what what each one did because some of them weren't, you know, they weren't. It, it's it it's not obvious from the names what what it actually does. So I had to had to dig in and research it and play with it and and then write my results up. And I did that for about four months before I launched it. Yeah. So what kind of what kind of numbers were you getting on your blog posts uh, today? So today I have a I have a website that I use to basically is kind of a marketing vehicle for the book, um, and it's uh, sublimetexttips.com. And uh, I had been averaging so I'd, I'd been averaging around um, two thousand hits a month on that uh, mm-hmm. six months ago, and then I just kind of like lately I I've doubled down, put a lot more effort into that, and um, started promoting it more with my Twitter account and everything. And I've actually, that has actually grown now to about 20,000 pages wow. a month. Yeah, uh, actually, so 20,000 unique visitors a month. So is it just Twitter or are you using other platforms to uh, promote it too? Um, mainly, mainly Twitter's actually been a huge vehicle for me. Um, you know, a lot of people, I'm really big in email marketing and yeah. email marketing is the best way, bar none, to promote anything right now. Mm-hmm. Um but social media for me is the best is one of the best tools to feed your email marketing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've I've had a Twitter account. I started a Twitter account shortly before I launched the book, and I've been just sort of curating uh, good sublime text related 
posts. Um, so I just retweet every week. I just retweet a few, a handful of really good uh, Sublime articles. And that has grown. Um, so I, I, I currently have about a uh, little over 13,000 followers on that. Yeah, wow. So, yeah, so that really helps. Um, you know, if you're just consistent with that over time, it'll continue to grow. Um, and so that's turned into a really powerful powerful tool. And now if I tweet a link to one of my own blog posts, you know, I'm, it's kind of an instant 250-ish hits, <laughs> you know. Yeah, amazing. So you're, you're getting what you used to get uh, overall instantly. Yeah, yep. Yeah, cool. Was there anything that you tried that really didn't work in promoting uh, or boosting the traffic? Yeah, lots of stuff. <laughs> I mean, at promotion, marketing and promotion is really about trying a bunch of things and failing a lot. Mm-hmm. And then finding things that work. And once you find something that works, you can usually kind of double down on it and and continue to to, to flog it. Um, so yeah, some of the stuff I've tried, I I, uh, I spent about six hundred bucks on a an ad with a big a big newsletter email newsletter um, that had us about two hundred fifty thousand subscribers, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my book sells for twenty two bucks, and I thought, you know. I surely with 250,000 subscribers, I can sell enough books to at least earn my money back. Yeah. But no, no. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. I ended up losing about half that money. So, well, I would can, probably would have lost it too. <laughs> <laughs> you can lose your shirt with advertising really quickly if you're not, if you're not careful. Yeah. Um, one of the things I've learned is that uh, you want to, you don't want to ever, well, unless you really are really, really good at marketing, you don't generally want to promote. You don't want to pay to advertise uh, your paid product. You want to pay to advertise something free that is a, like a kind of a lead generation tool. So hmm. what I've started doing lately, um, I, just, I just placed a, a sponsorship in uh, a, a PHP-related newsletter. But what I did was instead of advertising my book, I advertised my free newsletter, my email newsletter. Mm-hmm. And um, that actually did really well. I got 150 signups out of that. And should probably, you know, probably over the long term, we'll make some money. Uh, they had a, they have a fairly small audience. They only have 700 people on their email list, and they get about, I think, about 10,000 visitors a week. And yeah. I was able to get 150 new leads from that. So it was a very trusted email list. Then mm-hmm. that's a really great point. You want to pay to advertise something free and not a paid product because right. you'll get a much higher conversion rate, and then you can use that audience to try to market your products to. It's very smart. And I guess it's so simple, but the normal person wouldn't actually think that way, you know? Yeah. It took Uh, me a while. (laughs) took me quite a while to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So you definitely found a problem that you were having and you realized uh, if you solve the problem by writing this book, essentially, you know, you have a product to market to others that are in the same position. So for a younger developer or writer, thinking about taking a leap and creating a product or writing a book, what would be kind of your advice or recommendations on pinpointing a target product? Do you think solving a problem for yourself is enough of a reason or should you really analyze the demand uh, for what others need in the market? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, that's, that's a very, very good question. Um, I'm not one for overanalyzing things because Mm -hmm. I think more people probably fail because of that, then, then, you know, that, or either, either that, or they just kind of get halfway into it and never, never finish. Like, I think those are the two biggest ways that most people fail. Um, but 
what I'd like to try to do is to start start smaller. So for my book, um, I I didn't just start writing the book. I actually had a blog post that got a, a couple of blog posts that got a ton of traffic. To me, that you know that was enough to prove that I was onto something. Um, so I don't think I wouldn't recommend that people just start solving a problem that they have, but use your own problems as a way to uh, as a, as a kind of a guidepost and try to reach out to other people in, in some way and see if they have the same problem. Yeah, and that's, that's such a uh, one of those questions where I think particular situations can make it a little bit different. Uh, but from my experience, I'm, I'm kind of on the same page as you there. I've taken some things in the past that I was sick of, you know, going the long route and I created shortcuts and then I found that there was actually a market for those products. Yep. Um, there's always going to be somebody else who needs it. If, if somebody, if one person needs it, there's probably somebody else that does too. So. Right. Yeah. Do, do you think it was harder to get started in the first place or to kind of keep going? <laughs> um, uh, for me, uh, with my temperament, uh, starting is not usually a problem. Uh, I'm very much, I'm very much somebody who will just jump in with both feet. And I usually try to do a little bit of research. I like to get kind of a little bit of feel of how, how things work in a particular area before I completely dive in. But, uh, I'm generally very enthusiastic and excited, um, and early on, and then that quickly fades. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, so one thing that's really helped me over the last couple of years is really learning how to commit to something for a longer period and then develop habits around it that will keep me moving forward so anymore i don't really i mean i kind of set goals for myself but i don't really take them that seriously what i really take seriously is when i have something i want i think okay what 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 can i do every day that will get me to that point Mm -hmm. um so you know for right now i i've been i've been doing this sublime stuff for a long time and i kind of want to build uh, put some focus on back on my, my personal blog, joshuaearl.com. And um, so for that, I, 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 I want to get some really good kind of epic blog posts out there about some of the stuff that I've learned. And I've never been able to get on a weekly, a really good weekly publishing schedule. Mm-hmm. So what I've started doing now is ins- I'm not going to worry about when I publish. Um, I'm kind of actually, this is a little bit more like what Tim Ferriss does. I'm just going to write every morning for 30 minutes. Yeah. And when I finish the post, I finish the post. Right now I'm writing a post about how I use Twitter to market my book. And it's currently 3,000 words and it's probably going to be a little longer than that. And, you know, I'll probably take me another week to finish it. But it's going to, I know it's going to be epic and I know that I'm going to get some good traction out of it. So I'm just kind of relaxing into that habit. Yeah, and send it my way when it it comes out. I'd love (laughs) to read that. I'll do that. Uh, and that, that is a huge, huge tip of advice because I do the exact same thing. Um, and I follow a practice. It's actually called the Miracle Morning. It's a Hal Elrod thing. But I make sure to read 30 minutes every morning and scribe 30 minutes every morning. Mm-hmm. And even if you're just writing down stuff that you know when you're writing it, it's just horrible. Uh, over time, if you consistently make those habits, uh, you will build a whole pool right. of information that you can make epic things as you were saying out of exactly yeah the habit i i I treat the habit as more important than the goal so like i I recently i uh, six months ago i wanted to get back into weightlifting Mm -hmm. so um 
I, you know, I'm kind of a skinny guy. <laughs> I've always been a skinny guy. I kind of would like to, to change that. So I wanted to get back into weightlifting. So I, I, I signed up for the gym. What most people will do is they'll go five days a week, you know, for an hour or two and hammer themselves and they won't be able to walk the next day. <laughs> and, you know, and then like three weeks later, they'll quit, but they'll keep paying their gym membership just out of pure shame. <laughs> and actually, this is how the, this is how the whole fitness industry, like they yeah. count on that behavior um, because they don't have enough capacity in those fitness centers to actually hold everybody that, that, that signs up. But um, so what I did instead, though, was I just went to the gym and I first like I signed up at the Y and I just walked for the first month. I just walked for 20 minutes, you know, and it was really easy. And I just wanted to get in the habit of getting out of bed, mm-hmm. getting in my car and driving to the gym, you know, because that's like the hardest part. Yeah. If you can do that, you can do the rest. Um, and, it, you know, it worked. I'm, I'm still going three times a week. This morning I was thinking on my way to the I was like I was sitting in the car on my way to the gym. I was like how did I even get here? You know, like <laughs> it's, it's just so automatic. Yeah. If it's, you can, it's in if your you, unconscious habits now. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I do the same thing. I actually get up and the first thing I do is I do a little stretching. I, I drink a couple glasses of water and then I do a quick two or three mile run uh, every single morning. And, you know, before this year even started, I did not run at all. Mm-hmm. And I had this goal that I wanted to run 200 miles for the year well, when you run two to three <laughs> miles a day, that 200 miles is just, that's in the, man, that's petty. I mean, yeah. you far exceed that. So it's <laughs> it's kind of amazing the things that you can do if you just create these little habits. Yep. Um, and so what, what do you think your ultimate, I know you say that you're not huge on goals, but you, you create these long-term goals that you yeah. make baby steps to work towards. For you personally, what do you think your ultimate long-term goal is? You know, I, I kind of, it's for me, it's almost more of a lifestyle that I want. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I currently, I have a pretty good lifestyle right now. I work from home. You know, I, I'm, I, I have a full-time job um, and it's, you know, stable job with good pay and everything. And I, I really like my coworkers. But I kind of have this, like, this lifestyle that I'd like to have someday of, um, I'm a big fan of Stephen King. And mm-hmm. uh, his, in his on writing, he kind of describes his daily routine. And he gets up every morning and he, he, you know, he writes his, I think he writes 2000 words and it, you know, it's like, it's basically, I think it's like from eight to noon, roughly most days. Then he spends the afternoon kind of refreshing himself and, and reading and, you know, take kind of consuming a little bit mm-hmm. to, to, to sharpen the saw. And, um, you know, th- that type of, I, I really want to get to where I have that more kind of a little bit more relaxed lifestyle. Um, so that's kind of my ultimate goal. Um, you know, f- for me, that means I probably, you know, long-term I'd like to, to run my own business and have it be something that can support me and my family well, you know, in, in a reasonable, you know, I, for me, like 20 hours a week worth of work. Um, and that's totally, that's totally achievable. Um, so that's kind of what I'm working towards. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, I'm in the same boat. I would love to be able to do that. And particularly for me, uh, I don't have any children yet, so I'm still f- I guess in the position where I could travel freely Mm -hmm. uh, with not too much tied down. And so I'd like to travel the world and, and just contribute and help people. And I really want to be able to work remotely from my computer while I do that. And I think that there's so much opportunity to be able to do that. You just have to put the habits in place and uh, make the right baby steps. And it's, it's completely achievable. So I'm getting excited. It's on my, uh, 
affirmations every morning and I know it'll happen <laughs> and I'm sure that yep. you will be at yours before you even know it. Uh, so you put these little habits in place, you know, like going to the gym. Um, as far as getting to the point where you can work 20 hours a week, do you have anything in particular that you do on a daily basis or very frequently to keep you on track? Um, well, I would say like the, uh, I, I definitely the write writing every day for me is really big. I've noticed that when I can do that, I, I haven't been consistent with that, you know, for the last couple of years, I've done it off and on. Mm-hmm. And when I do it, amazing things happen. Um, I, d- I did it actually the, the, the idea for my book came out of a little blogging sprint that I did where I wrote, I wrote a, bl- tried to write a blog post every day for 30 days. Um, and it was just, you know, random stuff and it wasn't, it was just whatever I felt like writing. I just wanted to, to get stuff out there. And, um, you know, I, I, I did that and then several of those posts kind of exploded and I got a lot of traffic out of that, that, and then, you know, uh, <clears throat> that I completely neglected that blog and three, you know, two years later, I, I happened to look at my stats and I was getting 5,000 page views a month off of it, you know? So wow. imagine if I'd done that <laughs> every day for, you know, for the two years between then and now, imagine where I'd be. So for me, like I've, I've always been a decent writer. Uh, writing's kind of my thing. So when I write consistently, good things happen. So yeah, I'm really I, trying to bake that into my my life. I want to push everybody to get on his website and check out his blog. It's just joshuaearl.com, I believe. And we'll put that link in the show notes. Uh, he's got some good stuff on there. So if you could go back uh, to the beginning, is there anything that you would do differently? Yeah, you know, um, that, I, that was that's a good question. <laughs> um, I think the main thing, I don't really regret any of the decisions I've made. I think that the path that I've taken has been, you know, everything, every part of it has shaped me in some way that's been valuable. But one thing I wish, I wish that like, tw- you know, f- 10, 15, 20 years ago, I'd realized how important marketing was mm-hmm. and started learning some of the skills that I'm learning now, like email marketing, copywriting, some of this stuff wasn't even around back then, but you know, um, the skills, like the, the skills to be able to, you know, deter- find out what people want and then find a way to give it to them and tell them that you you you've created this thing. Everyone should know how to do that stuff. And you know, I wish I'd realized how important it was twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah, I'd be I'd, I'd be where I want to be. You know, if I if I'd known that stuff. I couldn't agree more. And do you mind sharing what email marketing tools that you use uh, specifically? Like, are you using Mailchimp? Uh, sure. Yeah. So, um, I use. Uh, so I've I've tried. I've actually tried several. I started out with Aweber, which mm-hmm. is um, one of the more popular ones. Um, I I found it to be it was it was decent, um, but it was kind of painful to use for me. So I, I did switch to Mailchimp. Um, and I've been using Mailchimp for about a year and a half, and I really liked it until like lately. Though I've I've started to feel, feel it's very limiting. If you want to get like it's great if you if you have a simple list and you you have a couple you know a couple simple products and you just want to um, you know send out kind of a weekly newsletter, mm-hmm. Mailchimp is great. Uh, I would like to now I've, I'm getting more into detailed email marketing, and I would like to start to get more sophisticated with it, like. 
So when somebody signs up for my list, I send them a PDF sample of my ebook. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd like to be able to follow up with those people. If they don't click the link to download that, I'd like to know and I'd like to be able to follow up with them. And if they do click it, I'd like to know and I'd like to be able to follow up with them a little differently. Yeah. And you can't really do that type of thing with MailChimp very easily. Um, so I've actually switched recently to a program called Entreport. Yeah. Um, and it's expensive. <laughs> I mean, it's like three times more expensive than what I was paying with MailChimp. But it's it's a power. It's a really powerful tool that lets you automate things. Um, yeah, and follow up with people a lot more intelligently. So yeah, I just I'm, recently heard of Entreport because I had a guest on a couple days ago. And he was using it for his website, uh, freejazzlessons.com. Yep. Uh, and he, he was talking about how expensive it was. I mean, th- I think it was like, he told me it was Three, like two, 390, 300 bucks a month. Yeah, 297 for but, the base level. But the value that he was getting back was insane. Yep. And his name is Steve Nixon. I don't know if you're familiar with him. No. Uh, but that was the first time I looked at it and, and he was talking about that exact same problem of, of being able to see who did these things, why, right. and being able to connect with them separately. And that right. can be of huge value. And he said, it's completely yep. worth it. So, yeah. Cause you'll get people on your list who are interested. You know, I, I've got people on my, on my sublime list. I have, there's at least five or six major kind of subgroups. Like there's people that are just writers who like to use a simple writing tool. There's people who are academics who need to write mathematical papers, um, and they use they use Sublime. And then there's programmers um, who use it to write like Ruby on Rails or PHP. And then there's another group of, of web designers who are more you know CSS you know HTML type of type of folks. And I don't with Mailchimp I don't really have a good way of treating yeah. those folks separately. So it is there are ways there's some there's some tooling in there for that, but. Nothing like what you'd get with uh, a tool like Entreport. Yeah. I wonder if there's anything that you can integrate with MailChimp uh, and have them work together similar to Entreport. Yeah. You know, I've actually, um, one of the listeners to our podcast has been asking, he's been interested in writing something like that. Um, for AWeber, there's this site called AWeb, a, uh, AW Power Tools that lets you get a little bit more fancy. You can kind of, Automate like you can move people around to different lists and stuff, and automate that based on whether they've bought something. And mm-hmm. um, so, but as far as I know, there's really nothing out there for Mailchimp like that. Surely, though, there should be sometime soon because it's such a popular platform. And I don't know, maybe it is popular because of how simple it is. Yeah, but I would love to see some kind of extension to it because I would definitely yep. be interested in it as well. Yep, for sure. So, let me ask you this question because. It's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> if you had to battle Godzilla, how would you use your creativity or talents to defeat that big bastard? <laughs> oh man! So, um, so I, I'm, I'm more of a tactician. My just my personality. So I think I would be the guy. I would be just the guy who just you know annoys him to death. <laughs> um, like I, I played a little bit of basketball in high school, and I was awful at it. I'm I'm slow, and but I what I could do was I would just get really aggressive and just annoy the, the heck out of people, and they'd get really frustrated. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I would just be all up in their face, and uh, and the, you know just trying to steal the ball on defense because I couldn't shoot, and all I could do was steal the ball basically. So I just got really aggressive with that, and I just tried to annoy the heck out of them, and that worked pretty well. So I think. I think that's probably how I would take on Godzilla. 
So rattle him with with uh, annoyance and yeah, I'd probably be the guy on the ground with the AK forty seven, you know, just <laughs> shooting at you, know, shooting at one spot over and over. <laughs> I, I I can't imagine uh, that in my head. Just an image of you shooting out Godzilla's knee uh, <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> and imagine the thump when he hit the ground. So. Uh, so do you have any favorite advice, resources, or tools that you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, so one of the things, uh, kind of the the stuff for me that's been huge has been like this habit stuff that we've talked about. But one other little tool that I really like that probably a lot of your listeners have heard about is the Pomodoro Technique. Um, and the Pomodoro Technique is basically a system where you you learn, you kind of train yourself to work in 25 minute bursts and then you mm-hmm. take a 5 minute break and you kind of you treat over the over the course of the day you keep track of how many complete you know 25 minute periods you've you've managed to finish without without getting the rule is you're not allowed to be distracted during those 25 minutes um so i've i've applied that in both in my work you know my day job and my writing and that has been that has been huge for me it's really taught me to focus mm-hmm. and uh you know you've got a lot less a lot less mental capacity every day than you think you do. So it kind of teaches you to budget that. Um, for me, I find that you know, after a set number of Pomodoros, so, you know, kind of the 25 minute periods, I'm toast for the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you really have to learn to kind of conserve, conserve that mental power and try to try to use it for the most important things. So check out, check out, there's a really good book um, called the Pomodoro Technique Illustrated on Amazon. If you're interested in that, check that out. It's really, really good. I've gotten a couple of my friends doing it, and they've found it to be pretty, pretty life changing as well. Well, wow, I'm going to check it out. It sounds like a, something that could solve some of my problems because I have a <laughs> tendency to sit for long periods of time focusing on something, and you do get to those points where your mind just feels like it's going to fall out of your head. Yep. And uh, I could see that being a very good way to counteract that feeling. So, yep. Cool. I'll put that on the show notes as well, which will be on artsynow.com with all the rest of this fantastic advice that Josh has provided today. Uh, how can our listeners find you or get in contact with you? Yeah, the main way is probably through my blog, uh, joshuaearl.com. I have a contact form there. I've got, of course, an email sign-up form. It's a pop-up. I'm sorry, but they work. <laughs> so if you just sit on the page for a couple minutes, it'll pop up. <laughs> Definitely. Yep. So those are, those are the best ways to get in touch with me. Slam, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Josh had so much fun with you on today. I'm extremely grateful to be able to have this conversation with you. I've learned so much. You've provided so much value to me, and I know that you've provided all this value to the listeners. And I just want to urge everybody to get out there and be enthusiastic and be enthusiastic around your friends because it is infectious. Get out of your comfort zone. Break the rules. First, break the rulers. Use all of your brains and use all the brains around you as well. And when life gives you lemons, you can paint it gold and uh, follow your success, follow your passion and everybody will build a community around you and everybody will be happy like we're all supposed to be. And I can't, I cannot explain how amazing it feels on the other side of the fence if you just take one step forward towards your dreams and towards your passion. So Josh, thank you so much for being the Archapreneur now. And always remember to keep it funky. Good stuff. Thank you for listening to the Entrepreneur Now podcast. 
For all the show notes and more information, please visit artsynow.com. That's A-R-T-S-Y now.com. Thank you. The music for this podcast was provided by Shaky Feeling out of Ventura, California. For more information, please visit shakyfeeling.com. Keep it funky.